Thank you for tuning into the Debbie Devotional Podcast, a monthly show focusing on Debbie prospects, strategies, and incoming rookies. Now here's your host. Welcome back to the Debbie Devotional, where tonight we are going to be covering, uh, we're actually going to be doing some reflecting on the past. Uh, we did a, a pod in July talking about our uh, top 12 QBs, and we did one, I believe, in June talking about our, our top 12 wide receivers. Um, Aaron's discussed his uh, his top running backs uh, you know, in, in each class, and uh, we're just going to kind of reflect on uh, who we were right on, who we were wrong on. Uh, now, we're only three weeks in, but... I think we can at least start getting an idea of who we were right on, who we were wrong on. And so we're going to do a little reflecting, and then we're also going to uh, talk about some names that are, are standing out, some players that are uh, maybe under the radar, a little exciting. But first, let me go ahead and bring on my co-host. Uh, let's start with at Duchesne's underscore. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's been a while. But uh, yeah, good to talk some Debbie, get some refreshers from the all-knowing Aaron, and maybe give my two-piece on to myself. My two-piece. <laughs> Your two-piece. My uh, two-piece. As you can tell, he, he's in full you know, full season mode full here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and bring on the champ, Aaron Wilcox, 86. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing good. Ready for that two-piece there, Deshane's. <laughs> Looking forward to it, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Two-piece. You got to love it. Uh, sorry, I was taking a drink. But... I, uh, you know, I'm su- such an amazing co-host, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here taking a drink. I, I thought he was going to ramble on for a little bit, but here we are. Uh, so let's go ahead and, uh, let's start with the QBs. Uh, you know, it's the most important position, especially we're all in super flex leagues now. So it's, it's become such an important position. Who are we right on? Who are we wrong on? Uh, and, and I guess, I mean, should we just go cover the top 12 that we had or, um, I mean, we didn't really make a consensus top 12 or anything, but kind of like the rough top 12 that we had first, <laughs> uh, we didn't have too many that we disagreed on. I believe that you had uh rattler at one and maybe yeah. Aaron had somebody else, uh, that, that was different there. But for the most part, like the, the I think the top 12 was like DJ U at one, uh, rattler, Sam Howell, uh, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, I think this. What's happened over the last couple of weeks is this class has shown that the top end isn't as top end as you would think <laughs> as it, as it has been in the past. So these top end guys have kind of come back to the pack, which has made these lower guys like a Matt Corral, you know, start having uh, QB one talk and stuff because Rattler hasn't had the best go of it. DJU hasn't had the best go of it. So that, that's what I've noticed is that this this class isn't terrible. There's just it's just lacking some top end talent. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. Um, I think you know, like you said, Matt Corral was one. Uh, Jaden Daniels, I believe, w- was in there. Uh, Keaton Slovis, Caleb Williams, uh, maybe JT Daniels, Malik Willis. Was that kind of like kind of the top twelve? <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, it's pretty strong. They're pretty close. We had Carson Strong in there too. I want to say, or maybe you mentioned. Did you just say him? I'm not sure. No, I, I didn't. But yeah, I, I believe he was in there, or maybe he was like honorable mention. But uh, but out of those top twelve, who are we uh, most concerned about at this point? I guess uh, go ahead and start, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say DJ Younggalele out of Clemson. I there's no other reaction other than to be concerned so i mean through three games he has what one touchdown two interceptions and it's not like yeah i mean he's not doing anything elite rushing wise so a lot of concerns there and i get it i mean he doesn't have the t higgins of the past as far as his wide receivers and he doesn't have etn but i mean otherwise that team's still a fine um team talent wise so i am concerned about dju he just has not looked good and i think he can turn it around but he is not my qb1 any longer so who who is your qb1 now then yeah and i was a little bit tentative to have bryce young in that top tier originally actually but bryce young is moving up for alabama because he's lived up to the hype he has done nothing but succeed so far this year he hasn't really supported a elite wide receiver one for fantasy reasons so far, but I mean, as far as his play, I mean, he's just playing really, really well. It's easy to play well in that system. I get it, but he has so much versatility and he's just looked good. So 
you know, Rattler's kind of let us down somewhat. Howell has as well. And I'm not willing to move Matt Corral quite up past Bryce Young yet, but but soon. Soon it could happen, I should say. <laughs> I, I'm not off of Rattler yet at one. Uh, I'd like to say, see it play out a little bit more. I'm not stuck in this take. It's not take lock. Uh, he hasn't been good. He wasn't very good last year. And I'm not – I'm sort of hesitant against these kind of guys that are anointed, you know, because – they're decent at a young age and they're kind of just thought of to be the next thing. That's kind of what happened with Sam Darnold. Uh, so I'm sticking with Rattler at one, but it's definitely getting murky. It, it's getting grouped up to a, to a big tier at the top. That's not as great because when the tier is that big, it's much harder to, to hit. It's much easier to miss at the top if it's a big tier. Yeah. And I've been, I've been staring at these stats for the past few weeks, whether it be NFL or for college purposes. And like, especially in the NFL, I'm looking at the first two weeks, and I mean, you can see night and day, week one versus week two, and then it's like, what's the actual story? And it's not that different in college. We have three weeks instead of two, you know, it's uh, or you know, four for a couple teams. But I, I don't think it's enough, and so I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't be mad at you for not changing off a rattler just yet, because I mean, he could easily have a three game span that's amazing for the next three weeks, and then everyone will be like, oh, he's back, he's number one, like all that kind of stuff. So there's nothing wrong with with being or we still having Rattler there just going off of the stats. I have to agree with Aaron here because Bryce young as a, as a freshman or is no, he's a sophomore now, right? Or is he a freshman? I can't remember now. <laughs> yeah. He is a sophomore now. <laughs> oh, sophomore. Yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but his first year playing um, as a sophomore, he is ninth in, um, in, in Beth's rankings right now. And, and now once again, that's only through three weeks, but to see him, as a you know first year player, all that kind of stuff, uh, first year starter, I guess I should say, uh, to see him already in that top ten, top nine is pretty exciting. So I think I would have to put him there. Obviously not for the twenty two class, but overall, uh, him being the, the number one there. Yeah, you know, once again, Rattler is still up there. At, you know, nothing. I'm not hating on him or anything like that. He was pretty high last year. Uh, you know, throughout the entire season and for his entire college career, and so he's still up there. He just he's not having the greatest year, so he might continue to fall. But um, but Duchesne's is there anybody else that you're like getting kind of worried about? Uh, Keaton Slovis, he's a guy that has been coming down year after year uh, at rating and completion percentage and in play, and now he's dealing with some sort of injury. And Jackson Dart comes in and uh, throws freaking darts dude yeah he set some record i don't know if it was yardage but i mean he threw it 46 times for almost 404 tutties like wow not looking good for uh keaton slovis for yeah and i was actually never really high on slovis to begin with uh so i don't think i don't think it's that shocking but he was i mean he, he was i think top 12 for me preseason so or at least you know right up there and now He's really not even close to that. So I definitely see him kind of falling off. <laughs> yeah, he was a guy in the last one that I just – I thought that he would be an NFL draft pick, like a, a top two or three round guy. I never even loved him as a player. It was more, I guess, a narrative liking uh, and hoping to sell him it later. But uh, as a player, I never was like truly high on him. Yeah, he's actually my QB 46 through three weeks. So uh, <laughs> definitely not blowing it up. <laughs> what do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I, I was never super into him either. So I'm okay moving Slovis down considerably. Might be a day two guy, but yeah, his his round one hopes are just really, really low right now. So I'm on board. So kind of on the other end of the spectrum, uh, what do you guys think of Talia talking about Loa, uh, you know, to his brother, you know, he's kind of doing the opposite effect where he, I think people were kind of at on him and now they're uh, getting kind of excited. What do you think? I honestly like how he's played this year and he's been throwing to very talented wide receivers. So that obviously helps, but his game is just really elevated and he's really refined some things where he was kind of raw last year. So if he can keep this up over the whole season, I'm going to have no chance or sorry, no choice, but to um, put him up maybe in the top 12 even. But at this time, he's not quite there for me yet, but he's well on his way. 
I completely agree. Uh, he's absolutely lighting it up this year. He's got a great rating, great completion percentage. As you said, he's throwing to some great wide receivers, but uh, he was thought of, I believe, to be you know a little bit more mobile than Tua, but not as good of a passer. But I think he's showing that he kind of has both tools right now. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with him, which obviously he's kind of fixed this year so far, is uh, like the interceptions and the dangerous throws and stuff like that. So you know, if he's able to to make you know get better at that and uh, and fix that issue, then maybe he can get into that top twelve. But I think that's kind of the big thing holding him back because I actually have him right now um, as like a top fifteen guy, but not a not a top twelve guy. Uh, so, and, and I'm not like doing official rankings or anything. Cause I'm with Duchesne's here where like, I'm not changing anything until we at least get four games, five games, maybe even half a season. in. um, I'll probably do like at least a slight update after week four, just so that I have something, you know, showing that I'm not just sitting there twiddling my thumbs or anything, but, um, but it's just tough and you don't want to. You don't want to overreact when you had such strong feelings about Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler and, and those guys, and now you're like, nope, they suck. They're not even top 12 guys. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't want to be that reactionary. You don't want to be stuck, but you, you want to have – you just want to have some trust in your process. And if you don't trust your process, I mean, that's something at least you're honest. But um, one more guy I wanted to bring up because I think it was a guy who you, you had in the top five. Uh, I don't remember where I had him. I think it was too low, but CJ Stroud. Uh, I'm not particularly worried. Wouldn't be the right word, but I feel like there has been some lowering on him because he had the big national watched game against Oregon where he didn't play too great. Definitely had some accuracy issues in that game. And then now he's dealing, I think, with a labrum injury or something with his shoulder. Uh, so it might be something that you might see people in general getting low on him. And I'm not, I wouldn't be getting low on him because he was young. He's talented. He had a tough game on national TV and uh, is dealing with a bit of an injury. I think now. Yeah, you're right about the injury thing. I have been worried about CJ Stroud to be honest and guys can lose their jobs because of injury, unfortunately. Uh, but like you said, maybe the shoulders contributed and it hasn't been all bad from him, especially when you look at the box score, like it's fine but he's not really leading the offense quite at the quality that, I mean, that offense has been rolling the last, you know, two, three, four years, for example. So there's a lot of talent behind him and I'm, I'm getting kind of anxious if I own, or if I have CJ Stroud rostered in my C to C Debbie leagues. So I am looking into possibilities of maybe moving off of him. I just know that his stock's not that high right now either. So do you really want to sell low? It's it's a tough call, but I, I do have maybe a five out of ten on the worried scale. Um, Lukewarm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can definitely see that. I I I I know it's unprecedented unprecedented, but I wonder how nervous you have to be with Quinn Ewers being, you know, behind him. Uh I know that he's probably the youngest college player ever or whatever it is. Uh one of the youngest at least. But, I mean, that dude is a stud, at least from the research that I've done. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen him on a college field yet. But I, I I honestly thought he might win the job in the preseason, and he didn't. And, it, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think – I don't know if C.J. Stroud is going to last the entire year, you know, obviously, even if he is healthy. Yep, that's fair. And Kyle McCord is also really talented there. So if Ewers isn't ready, Kyle McCord is a gunslinger, and he's ready to step up. Yeah, they definitely have some pieces. Uh, for what it's worth, I have Stroud as my uh, QB 39 so far uh, through three games. So, no, once again, not not the greatest, uh, not the end all be all. I'm not I'm not saying that he's that he's dead to the world just because of three weeks, but it, it's definitely not looking amazing. Um, I don't think we had him. I, I don't remember. I don't think we had him in the top 12. I just think maybe he oh, was okay. mentioned before. Okay. Um, yeah, like maybe Aaron had, had brought his name up, like somebody that could move into that top 12 or something, because I definitely didn't have him in the top 12. Uh, in fact, I was pretty low on him. I, I probably had him in like the top 30 or something, and maybe I was right. <laughs> well, please excuse me. I might have put words in Aaron's mouth. I thought he was a little higher on him, but I think you're right. I think he was just a last like honorable mention, maybe. Yeah, for sure. He, he wasn't in my top 10 at least. But Okay, okay. 
So somebody that hasn't gotten a lot of run, um, and, and now he's injured as well, but uh, is pretty exciting when he is playing, is uh, Anthony Richardson from uh, from Florida. And uh, have you guys been able to watch him at all? Have you uh, have you seen anything? Because people are pretty excited about him. Um, I I looked at his high school stats, and they were not amazing, but that's not the end-all, be-all or anything like that. Uh, but he's looked at least explosive when he's played, uh, although it's been very few plays that he actually has been out there. I did not get to see him, unfortunately, but I've seen some serious hype. Uh, AR-15 already got the sweet nickname and everything, so he's well on his way. Yeah, that's that's important to have that nickname, but I just have this weird feeling that they're not going to play him. That's what I've heard this season as well, and... I mean, they're going to get him out there for, you know, some trick plays, some gadgety plays. But I don't know. This, this coaching staff doesn't really seem like they want to hand over the reins to him. And I think that's going to be an issue for him this season. So, unfortunately, for those really wanting him to break out this year, I don't know if it's going to happen. But the guy's got a lot of athletic upside. So, he has to move up the ranks some. It's just how much you're willing to project on him um, either taking over a role this season or taking it over completely next year. Okay, so let's get a little interesting here. Ooh. What would you give for him in uh like our campus to can in our for our campus picks? You think he's worth a first? Like it's hard to judge because we have huge rosters. There's no waiver wire though. Is that yeah, is that fair. is that first worthy? So you're talking a C to C first type yes. of valuation? I would not give that for him, but I give okay. probably a maybe a third. Okay. So, so it, how I'm valuing C to C first right now is, I mean, there's a lot of high-end five-star recruits, and assuming that your league doesn't already draft high school players, all the best recruits coming out in the 2025 class would be this coming year. I mean, they're going to be available, and there's going to be some studs. So, I don't know if Anthony Richardson is quite going to be at that valuation. Some of those yeah. very, very top-end guys, but he could be up there in the second or third round range. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought we were about to get a C to C trade like on air. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was getting all excited, but <laughs> are, are you giving me uh, your first for him or? <laughs> no, no, no. I was thinking, you know, something like a, like a third, maybe. <laughs> I heard a guy <laughs> thinks that's fair. So <laughs> got to go good authority. Now in, in that C to C league, and I don't know if they're all the same or anything, but you, you cannot add players, right? Not in ours. On, on the college side. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I do play in another league that it does have two waiver um, runs during the season. So, for example, after weeks four and eight, I want to say. And I, I kind of like that, but it really depletes the rookie picks. Like on the NFL yeah. side, there's going to be yeah. nobody. <laughs> those those waiver runs must be wild, though. <laughs> like, that's got to be crazy. <laughs> that's something that I like to – I might like to do in dynasty leagues. And, like, instead of having a weekly waiver, you have your dynasty teams, which are big rosters anyways. If you have, like, one week four or five right before the bye weeks and then you have one again, like, week 10 or something, like, I, I, that's a, I have one league that does that instead of waiver, and I like it a lot. And I think there's some potential there. Yeah, I like that. Um, so there's another QB, and he's actually skyrocketed up my board that I uh, I don't know too many people actually know his name. And it is a pretty small sample, and small samples can be scary. Uh, so I'm not saying to go. <laughs> yeah, Shane's knows all about that, but <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not I'm not telling you to to go out and uh, and trade for him, like you know, go crazy with it. But Chance Nolan is showing out uh, this so far this season. He only has seven games under his belt between last year and, and this season, but man, he's looking pretty damn good. And uh, it, it's, I guess it's kind of your, um, your, your rivals, Oregon state to Shane. So, you know, maybe you have a, a good idea of, of who this player is. <laughs> uh, it's hard to be a rival when you kind of just whoop their ass. So he hasn't been on my <laughs> radar too much yet, but uh, I, I am, I've looked at the numbers and they're, they're very, they're very good numbers. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I actually told Aaron and um, Katie Flower before Sunday's game or Saturday's games. I mean, uh, th- I, I told, hey, just keep Chance Nolan on your radar because, like, I think he could be something. And that was after only playing uh, two games. 
and then he played his third game, and he he didn't have like a bunch of yardage, but I think he had like 200 yards and three tutties, and it was just like, oh yeah, this this guy might be good. <laughs> Aaron, did you yeah. get a chance to watch him at all? So I haven't really watched him at all, and like you said, the statistics are pretty promising. He's been accurate this year, and and he has. I mean, he hasn't been turning the ball over, which is nice. I just really need to watch him, to be honest. And he's kind of off my radar. I haven't heard many people talking about him. So kudos to you to for really noticing a guy. And honestly, I, I think people in C2C leagues, especially with uh, waivers going on, should look into him because he could be a nice pickup. I'm, I'm definitely going to look into him before our waivers next week. Yeah, agreed. I, I, don't, I haven't had a chance to see him play yet. So it's, it's a name that I'll uh, jot down to keep an eye on. And uh, I think that's sort of the point of this is to just give some names and some peoples to keep an eye on some trends. Yeah. And so that brings me to another one, a much larger sample size. So hopefully this one's going to stick a little bit more and it's a 2022 player. Uh, so maybe somebody we can even get excited about now that we're less excited about your rattlers and your howls and whoever else. Um, but Grayson McCall, is somebody that I had picked up on preseason and that I was pretty high on, but not nearly this high on. And the start of the season that he's had, it really looks like he's taking that third year jump. Obviously a small school guy, um, but uh, the my model builds that in. So it kind of takes into account who they're playing against competition level and all that. But I mean, the dude is just killing it three weeks in. Uh, so as of right now, I'm pretty excited about him. What do you guys think? I'm I'm a big fan, honestly, and I know he was my QB 22, looks like, from preseason ranks this season, but he was on the sleeper list um, that we gave in one of our previous podcasts this summer, so he definitely was a sleeper that was at least notably mentioned, <laughs> so this rise isn't really a huge surprise for me. I just think for him to get really great draft capital, he's got to blow up even more because I mean, how many coastal Carolina quarterbacks get day one <laughs> draft capital? I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, like that level of competition. We really just had tough. a North Dakota state uh, quarterback go top three. So that's true. He's a Konami, he's a Konami code, but I mean, Grayson McCall's got very good mobility too. So honestly, maybe it's part of the system that he plays in. I don't know, but I, I have more hesitations with the NFL actually liking him compared to um, some guys like Trey Lance. But yes, I like Grayson McCall as a top, you know, maybe 15, 16 quarterback now in C2C, which is a pretty big jump from the 20s. Yeah, he's – I haven't uh, watched him yet this year either, but he was a guy that I was looking at. He was a guy that I – he was following in our draft, a new – he was a guy that I wanted for campus side, but now he's he's destroying the campus side, and he has you know Canton side, NFL side possibilities. This is something that I didn't really see for him a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, that's that has to be as big a riser as there can be, honestly. Yeah, I think so. Uh, definitely somebody to keep uh, on your radar. Like I said. I, I, uh, I told Aaron this morning that I had like a surprise uh, number two. And once again, not official, but so far, Grayson McCall is my number two QB for 2022. Ooh. So um, that's how much he's moved up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right. I mean, right. he is... He is killing it. And I mean, and, and it's not just based, like his score is not just based on the three games that he's played this year. It's based on his entire career in college, but obviously it's including this these three years. Now, these three years, these three games. Um, but these three games are obviously helping him uh, quite a bit, but it's, uh, it's just very promising, like I said. So somebody I would be excited about and somebody that maybe I would recommend to go trade for because people probably are not that excited about him. You probably could get him for uh, fairly cheap. You guys know a lot better about uh, uh, C2C and, and Debbie trades than I do, but uh, just seems like somebody I would want to get on my team. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. And he was quite good last year, that's for sure. He was, I'll say very good. How about that, huh? He was. Yeah, and, and he's, like I said, he's taking that like third-year step uh, this season. Is there anyone else that you guys think uh, is kind of standing out or you know is kind of falling backwards uh, for the QBs before we move on to the wide receivers? 
I guess we well, can do a Brendan Lewis update real quick as the running <laughs> joke of the show. <laughs> All right, so I, I guess I got to eat some crow. I, I've, um, you know, I, I've, I'm telling you guys about Chance Nolan. I'm telling you about Grayson McCall <laughs> and how much he's standing out and all that kind of stuff. But uh, somebody that I, or I, I learned a lesson. Let's just put it that way. I was very hyped on Brendan Lewis going into this uh, this season because of a half game sample size <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I learned my lesson I will never I will never judge a player off of a half of a college game ever again um, I, I did actually change my preseason ranks right before the season started unfortunately Duchesne's had already drafted and taken some of my advice uh, before that for a C- CDC league and he drafted Brendan Lewis pretty highly because of me so I, uh, I do apologize to Duchesne's and to, to the listeners, I was a little too high and a little too uh, gung-ho. Yeah, well, there's still time. He could still be Vince Young or something, right? <laughs> I Honestly, he... And I don't want to get like crazy with the high school stats, but he did actually kind of stand out in high school stats. Like he wasn't he wasn't amazing, but he wasn't bad by any means. He was kind of in between, but he had that rushing upside and everything. And so that's what I think it was picking up on. But then that half a game really did flash. Like he he just had a hell of a game. Uh, but I, I think we've kind of seen it. But I also uh, even talking to Katie Flower about Brendan Lewis, she said that. Uh, like his teammates really aren't helping him. Now that doesn't help us by any yeah. means. It definitely doesn't help you, but yeah. uh, it, it, you know, she said that like his teammates just really aren't helping. There's, there's bad drops, there's bad routes run and stuff like that. So maybe it's kind of, uh, you know, the, the team around him isn't the greatest, but, uh, but obviously that's not going to help anybody. And it's definitely not going to help him get drafted. So <laughs> yeah, that's all I got on quarterbacks. Well, do we talk about your number one quarterback, John? Or was was that a new um, ranking? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, honestly, I, we had kind of touched on him earlier, but I didn't. I forgot that we didn't really like talk about him. But yeah, Matt Corral, uh, he has moved into the number one spot for 2022, and um, it's just everything. I think. I think most people that knew Matt Corral, knew the situation and everything, were worried about what was going to happen when Elijah Moore was gone and was he going to be able to continue what he was doing. And even then, he wasn't amazing last year. He was good last year. And he has said, I don't need Elijah Moore. I, you know, screw that shit. I can do whatever I want to do. And he has blown up the season in his third season. And, uh, See, I see everything you want to see from a starting NFL QB from what he's doing this year. Once again, only three weeks in. Yep. And honestly, for a guy who has been, I mean, I don't want to say that people have been hating on him, but they definitely point out, okay, he's really turnover prone. He has the most dropbacks. Well, sorry, the second most dropbacks this season with zero turnover worthy plays. So talk about danger right there. I mean, this guy has been pretty good, pretty good this season there. And Put that honestly, in your danger rate pipe and smoke. Oh man, it. I I honestly did not know that we had uh, college turnover worthy play data, or I, I would already have that in the. <laughs> Aaron just blew my mind, and now I'm going to be up all night working on that. Part. <laughs> well, it's it's also a PFF stat, so I mean. <laughs> But yeah, that's, anyways, that's crazy. Yeah, but anyways, I mean, there's a lot of hype for him now. I mean, he's he's number one or number two in most people's Heisman um, front-runner predictions, and yeah. that's a huge change compared to preseason. So um, I almost took a bet on that, too, preseason. I was like, oh, oh. There's, there's, <laughs> a, there's a shot that he really breaks out. But anyways, uh, yeah, Matt Corral, huge riser. I'm almost there with you. I mean, I don't know if I can still keep Rattler above him. We shall see. Now I will. I don't want to toot my horn too much, but I did have Corral as my QB three preseason uh, when we did that QB pod. Um, so definitely, or for the 2022 class, not not three overall. But I, you know, I, I didn't know that he was going to take that step. Or I got maybe like Deshaun's was had said, maybe he didn't even necessarily take a step. I mean, it looks like he did, but. You know, maybe Rattler and Hal just kind of fell back and and, uh, and and really like hurt themselves more than him helping himself. But to your point about the turnover plays, the, the interceptions, um, that's something that I heavily weight in my model 
and it has all of that. Once again, it's it's his entire career that we're looking at. It's not just this season. And so it has all those turnovers. It has all those interceptions. And he's still number one in the model for 2022 so far. Uh, you know, it, anything can happen in the next six, seven, eight games, whatever. So, uh, you know, that is pretty promising that, like, even with those bad things going against him, he's still standing out. Yep. And he is a guy who he has those couple of blow up games where he threw a lot of picks. But other than that, I mean, he's not a guy who consistently throws interceptions game after game, and you're not constantly scratching your head every week. He just has those games where, whether it's a little bit of pressure, maybe the defense really throws him off. Um, Some combination of things go into those kind of blow-up games, but they don't come that often. So that's one of the reasons I'm, I don't know, I'm not as concerned about those turnovers compared to guys who are just constantly throwing pick game after game like Jameis Winston like guys who just are bad decision makers all the time if we're talking sample size let's just uh, keep in mind he plays Bama next and then Arkansas and then Tennessee LSU Auburn Ooh. there could be some really bad games coming yeah. up it's possible yeah. he's been that that's what, and that's why I keep saying I don't want to you know repeat myself over and over again but that's why I keep saying three game sample size three game sample size I mean he easily could have those blow up games and I mean I think we've seen that with Rattler it's not that yeah. Rattler's terrible every week or anything like that but he just has those games where he just completely falls apart and so he definitely he very well could have those although he has not started off that way nope. um, the last one I wanted to touch on unless you guys had anybody else was uh connor basilak uh for uh for missouri uh aaron aaron likes it so uh, i don't i, I don't want to say amazing i'm definitely not putting him up there and like i i don't even have him in the top 12 i, I obviously for 2022 i do but uh, overall he's not in the top 12 or anything like that but he's one of those guys that maybe you could get in the second round of, of super flex drafts if he gets drafted, you know, obviously if he gets drafted in the NFL, um, that I think that you might in, might end up being a steal later on. Uh, but Aaron, you were excited. What do you think of uh, Connor here? Yeah, just because he was a guy I took a flyer on really late in, in my first C2C draft. And I don't know, I just thought he was promising. He was the SEC freshman of the year last year with a really mediocre stat line on the season. I mean, I'm surprised he won that, but it's because he he looked better than what the stats reflected last year, and then now he's showing it this year that he's actually good. I mean, he's thrown nine touchdowns and only one interception, and he's he has almost 900 yards um, through his first three games. And I get it's not the best competition, but one of those I think was Kentucky, and I mean, that's not that's not a bad team by any means, so... I am quietly really moving Bazerlack up a few spots, I should say. I'm not overreacting to this by any means, but it is confirming that he's a guy that we should really watch out for. Because Missouri, I mean, it put Drew Locke into the league. I'm not saying Bazerlack has all the tools that Locke does, but uh, potentially with maybe this season and even another season, Bazerlack could really um, make a name for himself. So you think he's somebody that would go four years? He's not going to be an early declare. It's hard to say with this year's class, but I don't know if he's going to declare this year. We'll see how he if he can keep this up. I guess. I mean, this would be the year to declare, right? If everyone's out on all these QBs and everything, then you would think this would be the year to do it. If any, if he gets any kind of hype whatsoever, and I mean, he he looks. And he did actually look pretty good, even though he didn't throw a lot. And I think maybe that's what you're thinking of. But like his actual counting stats were pretty good. It just was that he didn't he didn't have a lot of attempts. He only threw the ball 324 times. I think it's kind of bullshit that uh, that a, a redshirt freshman can win freshman of the year. Like I really feel like that should be like a true freshman only kind of deal. But uh, maybe, maybe Ben I don't Simmons know. has entered the chat. <laughs> yeah. So I but. This year is exactly the same, and through three games, he's already at 113 attempts compared to the 324 for an entire season last year. So he is, uh, you know, throwing more, and yet the the accuracy is still there, uh, the lack of interceptions is still there, the the passer rating, everything that I'm looking at uh, is still there, and so he's not like like I said, he's not he's not top 12. He's not going to be amazing, but he very well could be viable. So somebody to keep on your radars um, at, at the very least. 
So I think that's enough about the QBs, unless you guys have anybody else. And we can go ahead and dive into the wide receivers. And um, I know I know uh, Aaron was very high on Keishon Boutte. Uh, I believe he had him number one at the time. Um, David Bell, uh, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Zay Flowers, Chris Olave, uh, Marvin Mims, maybe, Jahan. Nope. I don't think we had, or we didn't have Dotson in there as a as a whole, but I definitely had Dotson up there pretty high. Uh, was there anybody else that you think would have been in the top twelve? I probably should have written it this written this down. <laughs> no, I mean that sounded like most of the guys. Uh, you said you said Traylon Barracks, right? Yeah, I don't have much on the wide receivers to be honest. Um, in general, I think the guys that we were high on are showing that they were studs. Uh, I haven't seen really anybody face plant too badly out of those top guys. Um, what, what do you have any big t- changes from the wide receivers, Aaron? Yeah, it's that's a good question. I'm not willing to make big changes quite yet. Like Traylon Burks, he hasn't been quite as dominant as I'd like to see, but he's been fine. Olave just put up a dud, zero catches, zero yards this last game. That's, that's a little bit concerning. Other guys. I mean, some of the freshmen, yeah. I mean, you can't expect them to break out within their first three games in yeah. college. It's it's tough. But I will say uh, I love Deion Smith, wide receiver out of LSU. He's a freshman. And I think he finally got this blow-up game, and he could be a freshman breakout over the course of the season because they're starting to play these young guys for LSU. They're saying, screw it with these other guys, these upperclassmen who aren't as good. Yeah. It's Bush, it's Butte, and then it's a bunch of freshmen there, basically. And Deion Smith had a blow-up game, uh, 135 yards, two touchdowns this last week, and he was a good prospect. He played well in the spring. I would say buy him where you can, but except in leagues that you're in with me because I own him everywhere, <laughs> and I'm not selling. <laughs> Anyways, um, otherwise, risers, yeah, Josh Downs, UNC. I think he really needs yeah. to rise up ranks. He was high for some people. I know FF guitarist Corey, uh, he's – does a lot of Debbie stuff on Twitter, for example. He's been high on him. I know others have, and he started off really hot. I mean, he's, he's had eight receptions in all of his games so far. A clear number one there, catching passes from Sam Howell. So I really like Josh Downs, and he could break into the top 12. Yeah, I, I just don't have much uh, much that's changed Uh Bell still killing it, you know. Drake London, I'm a little higher on. He's been doing pretty well with not a great quarterback. Um, I got I haven't seen much, but I'm looking at the stats in our camp uh, campus league. Uh, Jalen Cropper for Fresno has, uh, I think he's like the wide receiver two in the league. He's got almost 30 catches. Uh, I, I, it's just I don't know. I'm just throwing that name out there because it's a guy that I'm gonna have to go and look and see if he has any NFL. Do you know anything about Cropper? Yeah, I mean, I like Cropper. He's a bit wiry. He's a little undersized. So yeah. that was that was my main hesitation. And I, I think he's raw, too. He came in, uh, I want to say he was an athlete instead of a wide receiver coming in. But, I mean, he's really found a great spot at the wide receiver position. And he's going to have some versatility inside, outside. So I do like Cropper. He should probably move up. I just need to see if he's really refined his game much this season. But, I mean, I think analytically he's going to look pretty pretty darn good as well. Yeah, but I don't have anybody that's, you know, climbed out of nowhere that that I'm really, you know, drooling over now. I mean, uh, Jackson Smith and Jibba, I think, has been pretty good for Ohio State. Uh, He's probably overtaking Olave, who I was high on last year, but I didn't like how he went back. Isn't really showing out this year that well. Yeah, actually, one player that is standing out for me is uh, Eric Izuknama. (laughs) I'm always really bad with these last names, but uh, he kind of, I mean, maybe you guys knew about him. Maybe I, he kind of came out of nowhere for me and all of a sudden he is just through a couple of games, two or three games. He is just completely standing out. Um, Have you seen that on film? Have you been able to watch him, Aaron? I watched him coming into the season a bit and I was honestly impressed, but I, I don't know. I thought his, broken arm coming into the season I think he broke it this summer I thought that was really going to put him out most of the season and he wasn't actually going to be able to show much but I mean the guys come in healthy and he's dominating I mean 
he's looked good. He's a big wide receiver, and I need to do a deeper dive of him this season because he's showing some juice and whatnot that I, mean, I didn't really see before. So he is a, a nice breakout candidate. And I also will add an, another guy who is really impressed, in my opinion. Um, what's his name? I'm forgetting. Uh, Wandale Robinson, sorry. Kentucky wide receiver because he's yep. really blown up this season. And honestly, considering he was kind of a running back, wide receiver hybrid, he had a pretty good start to his career, transfers to Kentucky now, and he's just dominating as a wide receiver. And he's got all the run-after catch ability that you want to see. I mean, I think he's going to be a weapon. And I really wish I would have had a share of him, but hey, don't. I'm not going to use that to hold that against him. He is a, <laughs> he's a good player. He's showing out. Yeah, he's actually my wide receiver 11 so far this season. Um, so he's definitely, like you said, he's, he's showing out. And I think I think uh, even our friend Levi Valentine had talked about him because didn't he come from Nebraska? Yep. Yeah, and so I, I think he had, he had talked about him at some point and saying that like he really didn't do much when he was at Nebraska. Honestly, I don't I don't know too much about him, but I don't think he was a, a household name or like a big name by any means until this season. And yet he's just showing. I mean, he had a forty three percent receiving market share so far this season. I mean, just completely standing out there. And uh, like I said, my wide receiver 11 so far. Uh, but a lot of the top guys, like Deshane's had said, Zay Flowers, David Bell, uh, Garrett Wilson all showing out, Keishon Butte, um, maybe not as much as, as you had hoped, uh, Aaron. I mean, you, you can touch on you – were, you were very high on, on Keishon, but definitely up there. And so – and then uh, Traylon Burks. And I know uh, I saw something about Burks hit like – almost 23 miles per hour and he's like 6'3 230 pounds so kind of like another DK Metcalf on our hands it's uh pretty exciting but I you know you see a lot of those names but then I think my boy that I talked about uh like on our first pod I think is uh Dante Damas and uh he's standing out this season for um uh, for Maryland. And so I think that, uh, you know, you had talked about Rakeem Jarrett possibly taking over there and being the, the one. And we kind of saw them both standing out, but I really think that, that, that Dante has, has truly stood out and in his third season, obviously he has the, uh, the experience over Rakeem and I like Rakeem a lot, but, uh, what do you guys think of Dante? He's kind of taking that, uh, third year leap there. Sort of doing it in stride with, uh, Tiny Tua, that for Talia, is it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're kind of complimenting each other. Um, haven't seen him play much, but I saw a little bit of a game a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, you uh, you definitely called him out. He's one that I remembered you uh, saying. I really think it was one. our first ever episode, and I was like, <laughs> this is my sleeper. And I didn't even know. I didn't know anything about Debbie. I, I didn't know. Any, I didn't have a model at that point or anything. I just... I looked at the stats and I and I said, you know, this somebody that's standing out to me, and there we go. But then another one that uh, maybe I didn't really call out, but is uh, I called out in the preseason. I talked with Aaron. I talked with Katie. Maybe I talked with Deshane's about it. I don't remember. But uh, Jahan Dotson was another one that I was pretty high on, and people were just kind of saying. I actually talked to. Uh, uh, somebody in one of my home leagues and he's a Penn state, very big Penn state fan. And I said, Hey, what do you think of Jahan Dotson? He's like, uh, he's okay. He's not going to ever be anything, blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, he's just blowing up. Everyone's getting overly excited. I have Aaron sending me, uh, tweet after tweet of people losing their minds about John Dotson now. And so I feel like I'm never going to get, uh, I'm never going to get the love that I deserve for this one, but I, I was all in on Jahan and, and now he's a, a household name. I, I love it. And Jahan, yeah, he's really taken over that this year. I have to say Parker Washington, a bit of a disappointment so far. He's still carving out a decent target share there, but I mean, it's like nine yards per reception. Not, not so great. And honestly, Jahan Dotson has taken over as the one. And he had a 42% dominator rating last year. So it shouldn't really be a surprise that he's taken over uh, this season as well. And Dante Dimas, I mean, he had a 36% dominator rating last year. So also him continuing that success isn't overly 
um, surprising. Both those guys are really good. I don't know if they're ever going to have day one draft capital, but I mean, they could easily be day two guys. And, and we like that for fantasy. So very useful guys, potentially. And I will touch on the Keishan Butte thing, since I know you mentioned that just a minute ago, but he really did break out that game one. And then since then, he's just had decent enough games. But I think when you average out, it's about seven catches per game, I want to say. So I think target share wise, he's still a very vital part of their offense. He scored touchdowns in every game so far. So he's going to continue to be featured. And as these young guys come along for LSU, maybe that'll take some of the pressure and uh, double teams off of him. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And I, I wasn't trying to like crap on him or anything like that. I, I still have him as a top 12 receiver, but I know you had him as your number one. And, you know, maybe, I mean, is there anybody that you would put at number one over him at this point? Or are you, are you still uh, holding holding on strong there? Yeah, great question. Burks was the only guy I was considering, and Burks hasn't done enough to, you know, surpass him so far this year. And I know maybe I should give like a bell another chance or one of those guys yeah right right because he is good and honestly he's showing some nice things this year i just need to really sit down before yeah right right i mean he's got a great profile so i think he's taken a step up in just every part of his game this season though so i I think that is impressive for bell he's the only one though that i'd consider putting above butte right now um for the wide receivers so is there anybody you kind of touched on um on Traylon Burks not really like exciting people although I just talked about how he's so fast and DK yeah. Metcalf and all that stuff uh, but it, honestly like he has fallen uh, substantially for me through the first 3 weeks and uh but there's uh, there's some other players we had touched on John Mechie. You had uh, Aaron, you had talked about him possibly taking a step forward this season, becoming the number one on the pod. Uh, Duchesne's unfortunately couldn't make that one, but we uh, we'd kind of talked about it, and I just I never really believed that he could really become the one at Alabama, and it doesn't seem like he he's doing that. And I know not every I guess you had said like everyone's kind of polarized with or he's a very polarizing player. Some people were really on into him, and some people weren't, and everything. But uh, we've kind of seen what I thought at least that you know like he's not really a true number one. He's not bad. He's not terrible, but uh, I don't think he's ever going to be that number one wide receiver. I think you're right about that. And yeah, he's definitely a tier below all those top guys, you know, the Burks, the Wilsons, Bells, Pickens, um, even Olave, definitely a tier under. And he could be a couple tiers under by the time the NFL season comes around. I just know these NFL teams, they love these Bama wide receivers. He's going to have a big game, maybe in the championship, <laughs> something like that, you know? I mean, he's going to blow up at some point, and NFL teams are going to be like, wow, this guy is so good. And give him day one or day two draft capital so overall for our fantasy rosters i think we should probably come to terms that he's not a a wide receiver one um fantasy upside nfl team upside wise but he could still actually have decent enough value so i'm not putting him down much i'm just not willing to obviously rise him up in the ranks either and that's with bryce young who we just got done saying we're so excited about and how well he's playing already and yet Mechie's still not doing much. Uh, and then the other one, I don't know how high you guys were on Marvin Mims, but with Rattler struggling, uh, we see you know Mims isn't really doing anything overly amazing. Um, not once again, not terrible. I still have him you know fairly high, but I think I had him top twelve before, and he's no longer in the top twelve for me. Uh, have you guys been able to watch him? Are you worried or anything like that? I what I've seen, I thought he looked pretty good. Explosive after the play, uh, after the catch and everything. Not after the play. You don't want that. Uh, (laughs) No, you do not want that. I I, I haven't had any reason to put him down. I wasn't the highest, but he was was, uh, floating around 12 to 20, I think, probably. Uh, I haven't seen anything to drop him substantially, though. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, just after that week one blow up, we really – we're probably just expecting more, right? The last two games and he hasn't done much. That was my biggest concern with him uh, besides, I guess, maybe the size thing. But as we're learning with the Rondale Moore stuff, we just, we should, we should really learn this one of these years that these small receivers, they can succeed in the NFL. It's, it's fine. But 
my biggest concern was, will Marvin Mims really separate from all the other talent at Oklahoma? And I mean, he's not really so far. So I'm willing to move him down a bit. I just don't want to overreact. So from my 2023 guys, he was the fourth wide receiver in that class. And I might move Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and Quentin Johnston over him. But then I'm still fine. And maybe even Josh Downs, but I'm still fine having Marvin Mims as, as a top six or seven wide receiver in the 2023 wide receiver class. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Like I said, I'm not all out on him or anything like that, but it just it I think like you said, I saw that week one game and we got pretty excited and then just kind of nothing since and uh it is a little disconcerting. So uh and he, he's kind of honestly like just looking at the numbers real quick, like he's kind of in that like mechy kind of range, you know, where he He's not really standing out as like an, a true number one, somebody that's going to stand out in the NFL draft and be a, a true stud in the NFL or anything right now. Um, so just somebody that I was pretty high on. I had him at 11 overall um, preseason, and uh, he's no longer at 11 overall. <laughs> that's all I can say okay. about that. <laughs> uh, did you guys have anybody else that you were really excited about or, or falling out of love with uh, for the wide receivers? No, I don't have anything else really. No, all right. Well, yeah. I um, did you did you guys? I know I have. This is a, a me problem, not a you problem. But I have not updated my uh, running back model for uh, for Debbie uh, so far because that one is by far the most difficult uh, to do because I have to do so much more manual uh, in, in inputs and all that kind of good stuff. And so I do not have a lot for the running backs right now. Um, to touch on, but do you guys have anybody that you have fallen out of love with or you are falling in love with? Yeah, I got a couple of guys, Aaron. I'm, uh, only one guy I'm not falling out of love with, but I'm a little worried about. I, uh, and I will say I haven't watched any of Georgia Tech's games, but I've also seen other people getting a little worried about Jameer Gibbs. Do you have any fear with him uh, not really performing yet this year, Aaron? Yeah, I think that... Let's see. I discussed this in a 2023 class um, pod, I want to say. And my biggest hesitation with Gibbs was, for C2C purposes at least, that production is going to be an issue in that offense. Mm -hmm. And counting stats especially wise. So I'm not overly concerned. I know they've had some quarterback issues, injury stuff going on there. I'm not going to overreact to Gibbs because he he's a good player talent-wise. What yeah. he does on the field is very good. But, yeah, stats-wise, eh, it's tough. Good thing we don't rely solely on analytics for these running backs, too. But well, <laughs> if well. we did, how about we talk about my boy, okay. Mateo Durant. <laughs> oh, yeah. People are falling in love with him for sure. I uh, Even I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Durant. I think, I mean, you have him in our C2C league that we're going head-to-head in. I have him in the other one I'm in. and. The guy is smashing. He's basically tied for the number one overall um, fantasy running back in the college landscape. It's amazing. 32 points per game. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. He just keeps getting freaking – he just keeps getting the rock. 66 attempts already, 400 yards. He's got some catches too. Like, I don't know what to expect for his NFL promise. Do you think, like, he's a, a – a, a pick i really i have no idea i don't know if he's just this accumulator in college or not yeah that's a great question i mean he's 195 pounds right now and i'm not sure if i believe that it's that's consistent though espn sports stat or um one of the statistic sites out there the college page i checked they all have him at 195 still so maybe he's not going to have the size we want to see but obviously he's handling a large workload in college and he's doing fine with that so I like Mateo Durant. Um, I will mention a couple more guys, and then um, if you want to talk about any of them or if any of those guys pop out to you, definitely speak up, either John or DeShane's. But Rashad White, Arizona State running back, he's been really good so far. Otherwise, Kenneth Walker, Michigan State, C.J. Verdell. I know you'll like that one, DeShane's. Yeah, I was going to get uh, to him. Yeah, Oregon back. Uh, Sean Tucker, Syracuse back. He's been really yeah. good so far. So, I mean, those are some guys who are really, really – breaking out the season or just having uh, an improved season based on last year. So those are guys that are definitely moving up my ranks and producing. 
I don't know. Any of those guys stick out? Well, I mean, Verdell, that's my dude right there. He's a guy that I was – I mean, I thought he always had NFL promise. I thought he would be a third, fourth-round pick. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not scouting. This is just what I'm – I could see, and uh, he's definitely helping that with the way he's playing. He's a guy who can receive. He's got – I just always saw Aaron Jones sort of, and it's a, what a time to talk about it after a four-touchdown night. But uh, I just always saw that type of style. And he was the type of guy I was hoping to get with like a second or even a third-round pick. But now I think he'll be a second-round pick that people start taking high, hoping to – like like maybe like a sermon, like that guy that's not in the same cut or same tier as the top guys – that everyone kind of falls in love with, but there's a long way to, there's a lot to play out still. And we could be way off. You might not be NFL draft. You might not be drafted at all. We'll see. But yeah, I absolutely love Verdell as a duck guy. And uh, one more, I mean, I I forget. I don't know if you said it during your list, but Zach Charbonnet for UCLA. I mean, people were all in on him. First year, all out on him. Second year, all in on him again this year. I was always in on him. I always thought he was pretty good, and uh, he's been killing it for UCLA. Yeah, he's proven me wrong because I thought he was more on the James Conner spectrum yeah. amongst backs, and he's he's proven to be more explosive than that. So I definitely think that I was sleeping on him, and he had a big opportunity this year and kind of overlooked that. So that's my bad. Um one part of my process that, that didn't work out, but I really like the CJ. Humble Verdell brag. <laughs> C, um, but CJ Verdell definitely showing out. And it was funny that you mentioned Aaron Jones with him, because I actually think that Mateo Durant runs in a similar style to Aaron Jones. Okay. And I think he could be kind of that undersized guy, you know, he's not a huge back by any means. So yeah. maybe Durant could, I don't know, play like that at the next level. Yeah. The only running back that I really want to touch on, because like I said, I'm I'm definitely not caught up uh, on running backs. And in fact, if anything, I would say that my running back model is probably the worst one. I um, I I have gone through and looked at at the running backs, and and you know some of them some of them hit, some of them don't. Like it just seems like honestly, you could probably just go off a of draft capital more than than more than than that model. But I will say uh, somebody that was standing out and uh, is kind of, and this kind of goes with what I was just saying is uh, Max Borgie and uh, Borgie Borgie. And so I, I was pretty excited about him, and I was even sending Aaron stuff like uh, they had talked about putting him on like the uh, Blitnikoff uh, watch list and the what's the other one for uh for running backs i I forget what mechie or whatever it is uh they put him on like multiple lists and i was uh, i was all excited about that and maybe it's the the new qb maybe it's just the offense isn't that great or whatever but he's just not really standing out uh through three weeks he i mean he's definitely by far the best running back on the team uh at least statistically but one of his biggest things in the past was his receiving abilities, and through and through week three, he has three receptions, and I think that maybe that has to do with uh, Jaden Delora or Jay Jaden Delora, is that right? Um, and you know maybe that's why because they had a QB change after week one. But uh, yeah, I don't love what I'm seeing, <laughs> especially for as as high as I was on him. He's uh, yeah, he's not getting the receiving work that you expected. Yep. Yeah. He's he's a fine back for sure. Just I don't know. I've always questioned whether he had really really high upside. So yeah. Yeah, I mean like I know a lot in in when I sent all that stuff to Aaron, he had touched on like people are really were not high on on Max anymore and maybe maybe there's good reason for it, but uh I just uh I don't know. He that sophomore season was pretty special even though it was a kind of a small sample. I mean, he played 13 games, but he only had 127 rushing attempts, but he had those 86 receptions. And it's like, man, like he, he's like a receiver that can run, you know, it's yeah. like, it was, it was pretty exciting. So to see three receptions through three games and, I mean, he does have 5.9 uh, yards per carry and that kind of thing, but it's in the pack 12. I don't know if, I mean, honestly, he, he's probably, I was, I was probably just wrong on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I guess I guess we'll end it on that. John was wrong, uh, <laughs> but was there anybody else that was standing out? Uh, any player, tight end, uh, 
anything. Uh, defensive lineman that, that, you, that you really <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, I mean, Trey McBride, tight end, absolutely killed it week one for um, my tight end that I got super late. So I couldn't believe it. I thought there was like a, the stats were wrong. He had 30 points week one. And I was just like, well, excuse me, what? <laughs> he had like 13 catches. Uh, he hasn't had nearly as much production since then. But if you see that from a tight end, I mean, he's already like the tight end one now. <laughs> True. Yeah. He's doing that on a weekly basis. That that guy is legit. <laughs> he, he had a really good last season, and I didn't think he could keep it up at least to that degree. But, wow. Yep, Trey McBride probably, well, yeah, he's going to get day one or day two draft capital. I feel pretty confident saying that in this 2022 class. So um, learn the name, folks. Love it. Well, uh, we wanted to reflect. We wanted to, to look forward. We gave you some sleepers. Um, and, uh, and I finally admitted I was wrong after 37 years of life, but I, <laughs> I uh, we will be coming back, uh, next month to discuss, hopefully we'll have a little better idea of who these players are, maybe Rattler and how can get their heads out of their asses and, uh, and we can get a little excited about them. Uh, maybe Matt Corral will clearly be the QB one at that point, And it won't just me be me saying it, um, but uh, do, do you guys want to do like one hot take for the like f- that we're uh, we're projecting for the next episode? Like somebody who is going to blow up before the next episode. <laughs> I, I would Aaron love first. to. I would love to do that, but I I didn't prepare any hot yeah, takes. No, I'm no, saying. I completely called you out on this. It has no, okay. You're not prepared at all. <laughs> Let not me think up all. something. Yeah, you guys are in your C2C leagues. You guys are Debbie experts. You should be able to pull <laughs> a rabbit out of a hat and project somebody that's going to stand out and blow up uh, in the next four weeks of college. So I I think I'll go ahead with my Dion Smith LSU. I'm in, in C2C and Debbie ADP amongst the freshman class, so the 2024 class. He will be the wide receiver one. So above Ajay Hall, um, Mecca, Vuka, Mario Williams, Jojo Earl, um, Early, um, Brooks, Marvin Harrison Jr., Trey Franklin, he'll, he'll be above all those guys in ADP by the end of the season or the next four weeks. <laughs> uh, I got I got nothing that I uh, – I feel confident putting it out. I want my hot takes to hold water, and I'm not going to just throw one out there when I don't got one. <laughs> I love it. I, uh, I mean, I totally put you on the spot, so I cannot blame you at all. <laughs> In fact, honestly, I'm sitting here trying to, to figure one out myself. Uh, but you know what? I, I started the, the pot off with it, so I'm going to say Chance Nolan will become a 2023, I believe, uh, top six quarterback uh, by our next pod, uh, people will be all in on Chance Noll, and, um, and I'm pretty sure he's a 2023 class guy. So, Whew. all right, <laughs> that's probably pretty spicy. But uh, you know, like I said, I, I started off. I he's very very high in in the ranks throughout. And you know, I'm probably doing the whole uh, um, small sample size thing. I did not actually learn my lesson. But all right, Deshane's has one now. Trey Sanders will be the lead back for Bama by the end of the year. Ooh. Coming back from injury, starting to get some touches. You had mentioned him, I think, on on the running back episode, right? Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's a guy. He was the number one recruit of this class. He's been dealing with some injuries and stuff, and now he's got some competition. He's getting some run. He's out there, so uh, I'm gonna just trust the talent. Maybe shines through, and uh, he wins the majority of the touches. I like it. I like, was yep. he the one that like had it. like a car accident? Yeah, yeah, and I think it was a hip injury that he got in it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. sad. Back, that, that's back-to-back sad. season enders for injury. First it was a foot, then it's the hip, and obviously you can't prevent the hip one. Yeah. feel bad for the kid, but I, I'm super happy to see he's, he's back. He just needs yeah. to get involved in that receiving game, yep. which he, he showed he was able to do that in high school. So, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good bold prediction. I like it. Aaron, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, uh, but with uh, but you're you're now an uh, an official doctor of physical therapy. Um, it, obviously, you do not have his medical records. You do you have not seen anything, but just uh, 
can we expect him to come uh, 100% back from that hip injury? Uh, you know, like, would you expect him to lose explosiveness, uh, agility, anything like that? Yeah, that's a great question. So it depends how much of his hip joint itself was impacted and how much, yeah, damage around there, how much labral involvement. I honestly think that for him coming back, it might take a whole nother year. And I think he can get it back. I just don't know enough of the details of the case. Right. That's yeah, the, yeah, that's the I, only I other completely thing. put you on the spot. <laughs> and then you're like, you know, you've never looked at his medical medical records, <laughs> but I, I just, I mean, I didn't know if like, if there's anything um, in your studies or anything like that with hips, just say like, Oh, you know, you lose this or you, or you lose that, or you come back a hundred percent or whatever it is. I know obviously, Completely different player, completely different position and everything. But with Tua, they were really concerned about that hip and him losing a lot of his athleticism. And that was kind of what I was thinking about, um, you know, is if you if that's something that can really sap your abilities. Yeah, I, I think you really have to consider that he plays the running back position as well. Like Tua, for example, he can come back at the quarterback position, be slightly less athletic, still get away with it. Trey Sanders doesn't have that luxury competing with five stars all around him in that backfield. So even if he loses just a bit of a step or just a little bit of his elusiveness or lateral ability, something like that, he might be in trouble. So that's the reason I am a little bit more hesitant with him. But as far as hot takes go, that's totally fine. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, I asked for hot takes uh, completely, you know, uh, completely off the cuff. And, uh, you know, I just talked about Chance Nolan, a guy that's played seven games being a top six uh, QB. So (laughs) uh, we're getting hot, baby. But uh, (laughs) but yeah, I appreciate you guys. Uh, I think I think we give the the audience some some good info here. And uh, we discussed a lot of players. Obviously, there's so many more, but I think we will have a much better idea of what's going on in about four weeks or so when whenever we do the pod next uh so obviously we'll be doing something at least somewhat similar to this um just kind of keeping you guys up to date and uh you know what's going on and who we're uh, falling in love with and who we're falling out of love with uh oh before we get out of here aaron earlier i just remembered we had talked about malik willis um, and you had kind of said, or you, you kind of had some questions about him and everything. So uh, you probably you've had about I don't know twelve hours or so to to think about uh, a trade offer from somebody. And we don't have to go over the trade, but have you come up? Uh, have you come to a, a decision on Malik Willis? If you like him, if you're out on him, or whatever. Yeah, I haven't really come to that decision yet, and I don't think that decision's gonna come for me today as far as the trade maybe I'll, I'll pull the trigger on it but that's a really tough call because the guy is so polarizing like is he a high level passer at least high enough where he can be a good nfl passer i'm not sure so oh, i'm sorry my puppy is just having it with me right now sorry <laughs> but yeah malik malik willis is I mean, the prospects of getting a guy like Brees Hall, that's basically what the offer revolves around. I mean, I think I got to go after Brees Hall there. So, unfortunately, yeah. I might have to say goodbye to Malik Willis. You take yeah, I think, you, you take Hall. Yeah, I think when you're dealing with somebody that's like all upside, you know, for the most part, then I think you just go ahead and take the safety there. Um, you know, Willis does have some things in his, in his prospect profile that uh, I like, but I don't. I don't think I'm overly excited about him. In fact, I think he's my QB six for 2022. And we've already talked about how 2022 isn't the greatest QB class. So uh, you know, that kind of shows you how I feel about him at least. But I just, I know we had talked about this morning. It just popped in my head. So I wanted to ask you guys or ask you really quick. Uh, do you have any uh, comments on Malik Duchesne's? No. Nah. No, <laughs> <Matt. laughs> all right well oh, then we'll go sorry. ahead <laughs> we'll go ahead and uh and, and get you out of here and uh we will be back in about a month like i said and we will uh talk about all these exciting players uh i'm actually watching college football now it's it's i will say it's 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 so much more fun when you 
have at least some. It, it's kind of like fantasy football. Like when you have guys that you're actually rooting for, rooting. I don't want to say rooting against, but like you know, guys that you're like, oh, this guy's great, this guy's bad, whatever. Yeah. Then it, it does kind of make it exciting. And so, even though I'm still not in any Debbie leagues or CDC <laughs> leagues, I uh, I am actually rooting for some of these players. I'm watching college football. Enough about me. Let's get the hell out of here. I will see you guys next time. We will all see you guys next time. Have a good night. Yeah.